It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sponsored by our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Members, friends, and players, good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's, There's a movement going on in our country. There's 15 million people out there interested in golf. And the man we have on the air today is at the forefront of connecting with them. He's the president of the National Golf Foundation. Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. His name is Joe Bettitz. Joe, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How are you today? Keith, I have never been better. Oh, man. Terrific afternoon. Down here in Florida, we're about two-thirds of the way through the golf season. And, uh, or the golf season, two-thirds of the way through the hurricane season. And we've uh, been blessed by not uh, having that uh, fun this year. So it's, uh, it's all good. I loved, your in- I loved your intro music. I think my high school band, we covered that song, Buffalo Springfield, I think. That's it. Well, you know, Stephen Stills had a little message there for what it's worth. And, I, you know, it, it's kind of a protest song. But, and, and I, I kind of dislike this, sure. the idea that, you know, I, I didn't bring it up as a protest song, but we always do a song of the week. And I, I kind of like the theme of what's going on there is that there's all these young people out there saying, hey, what's going on? And, you know, when it comes to golf, we are talking to the man who knows what's going on. And, you know, that's why I kind of led in with it today, because as the director of fun, there's always a song. There's always a link and you got to have the song of the week and I, I got to say thanks to my man on the board Wade Weiser for his excellent job there with the intro today and now we've got Joe Bettitz here who is the president and CEO of the National Golf Foundation and you know for my audience up here in the New York Philly metro area why don't you give them a little um, you know kind of uh, elevator speech on what is the National Golf Foundation what do you what do you all do we give you a little a, a little bit of background on that for the listeners uh, today you know, there are three things that the National Golf Foundation mainly does. The first thing is we're, we're the official research organization for the golf business. So we track all of the important golf business metrics, and we report them annually in a state-of-the-industry report that goes to all of golf's, the golf business stakeholders in the country. Uh, the second thing, we help golf-related businesses, our members and our clients, by applying our research skills and our marketing services. And our clients range in golf from the biggest OEMs, the uh, Titleists and the TaylorMades and the Callaways and the Pings, to the smallest golf entrepreneurs who are inventing the next greatest swing, you know, swing aid. And then finally, and, and equally as important as those other two that we've done since our beginning, is that we promote we really exist to promote the growth of the game and the business of golf. The two of those things we think are linked, uh, you know, forever together. Uh, so those are the three big purposes. Um, we're located down here in, in, in lovely Jupiter, Florida, who some claim is the center of the golf universe. Uh, it sure wasn't that when we moved our offices here back in 1986. Back then, you know, Jack Nicklaus lived in the area and still does, and now about 35 other touring professionals live you know, right in this area, um, and I'm sure most of your uh, listeners know that. You know, we were we were started Keith in 1936 by a couple of golf journalists out in Chicago by the name of Graphis, 
our first six members, they were all equipment manufacturers, and our first assignment was to inventory the nation's golf courses. Interestingly, we still do that today. In fact, we keep a database. This is something that I'm sure everybody would like to have on their uh, on their on their phone or their their laptop. We have a database of every golf course on the planet, uh, and we keep track of those 34,000 golf courses. Um, verifying their continued existence, adding new ones as they come online, uh, taking the ones off that go out of business, um, maintain satellite imagery on them to make sure that they're there, and uh, and that's one of the many things we do. Well, you know, I, I mean, you, you, you make it sound so simple there. One of the many things that we do. I mean, you guys do a tremendous amount of things. And, you know, one of the, one of the things I wanted to bring up was that um, when you and I met back at the PGA show this last January, you really piqued my interest about really looking at the business side and the metrics. And, and you know, in so many different sports verticals right now, metrics have become the hot topic. And, yep. you, you know, one of the things that, and to quote you, you said, we are the only organization that is a home for anybody who makes their living in golf. Well, certainly I make my living in golf and a lot and a lot of my listeners make their living in golf. And, and there's a lot of people that'll hear us after the show goes live on a podcast that also make their living in golf. So I, I feel like, you know, when I'm always covering the pop culture of golf week in and week out here on Springdale Golf Live, that I'm trying to give out information that people might not normally get. And I know you have it. And what, one of the things I thought was really cool that we discussed is that you guys are like really innovative there at the National Golf foundation and i think a lot of times golf is criticized for being you know run too much by navy blazers and you know you know kind of reacting to things rather than being proactive and i think it's really cool that you guys are a proactive institution you guys have a new program out there that you just started in 2019 actively and i'm sure you've been developing it for years called welcome to golf can you tell my listeners a little bit about welcome to golf you bet you know, in our in our role that we see ourselves playing, and our board of directors see us playing, and in, in, in helping the industry and fostering growth and vitality in the game and business, we've always throughout our history, eighty years plus now, we've always kind of addressed golf's greatest need at that time. And as we looked at what the most pressing need was, contemporarily. We thought that the need is, is the greatest need is to get more people playing golf more often so that our golf courses remain financially healthy and continue to provide a great experience. So we renewed. We have started a program. You've got it right. It's called Welcome to Golf, and I'd like to think that I, that I, that I came up with that myself. But, you know, in fact, we, we introduced that notion, that program, or, or that idea of Welcome to Golf for the first time Keith, back in the mid fifties, I have I have some old video with uh, Cecil B. DeMille type trumpets playing and, and "Welcome to Golf" coming up on the um, on on video. It's just it's a riot to watch. And then in in the nineties, we reintroduced "Welcome to Golf," and then of course we built a lot of golf courses. And all of a sudden, our problem was we pretty much had more golf courses than we have golfers to play them. So. We're back into the mode of uh, promoting participation in the sport. Our focus is on adults. What we're doing is a marketing initiative, but more than that, really, it's a leadership initiative. You know, our research shows us that there's more than 15 million adults in the country who are very interested. They tell us they're very interested in playing golf now. 
but they haven't taken that first step. And at the same time, we know that junior golf development is really well covered by the other associations, the PGA, the Tour, the USGA, the LPGA. Uh, We could rattle off 10 different junior golf programs, all of them having their own successes. So we felt that no one was really adequately focusing on the adults that were potential potential golfers that could come in and, and enjoy the game, and that's why we started or restarted Welcome to Golf this year. So, and folks, we're talking here to Joe Bettitz, who's the president and CEO of the National Golf Foundation. And it has been for roughly 30 years, right, Joe? 1989, you became that's, the, uh, the, that's right. All right, president and CEO. And, and for those 30 years, he's been you know, watching over this great organization. Now, you kind of touched on it a little bit there. 15 million people have some sort of interest or are, quote-unquote, very interested in the game of golf. How do you find out that number? And when you do, what is that telling you about, you know, maybe what the golfer is or what the golfer is looking for in 2019? Because as a club professional and a PGA member, I'm constantly looking at what is the future of golf? What defines a golfer? And we're going to get more into that in a minute. But just like, how are you finding out this information? How does the new National Golf Foundation work? And and where did you come up with the 15 million people? Well, Keith, we make up most of the numbers here at the National Golf Foundation. We don't really actually do any research. Come on now. <laughs> you said you wanted to have fun here on the radio, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, you didn't get me there, though. I, I you know, if I... So, so seriously, in all seriousness, we, we do continuous consumer research, consumer surveys. Um, every, every year, we survey between 35 and 40,000 individuals randomly across the country via the Internet. And we ask people, you know, did you play golf on a golf course last year? Did you play at, did you golf at a driving range or an indoor simulator? or play on an indoor simulator? Did you play at a golf entertainment facility like Top Golf or Drive Shack, um, Flying Tee? There are several others out there. And so we, we ask people, and what we find is that, that there's about you know, 24 million people who say they played at least once, over the age of five, by the way, who played at least once on a golf course. And, of course, we can break them down demographically and tell you all about them, where they live and how often they play, et cetera, et cetera. And the same thing goes for the off-course golfers, those that have played exclusively at those non-green grass facilities. There are 9 million more of of those people. So in answer to your question, it's through consumer surveys that we're able to tell how many people play and or are interested in playing uh, the great game. So now you've got this 15 million people. Just we're going to yep. keep using that number. And you started Welcome to Golf. How does Welcome to Golf become the connector? Now I read that you know the first um, pilot city was Denver, um, and you yep. did that back this uh, late spring, early summer. How did that pilot program go? It was about an eight-week program that you were going to run there. How did it go? And how um, efficient were you at connecting those people that are quote unquote very interested with the game of golf? A lot of questions there. Well, what, what um, did you learn? What did you learn by running the pilot well, program? Yeah, I'll focus on Denver. We we learned that we were able to activate those interested non-golfers and drive them to our our website that was then directing them to the golf facilities, about a dozen golf facilities in the Denver metro area that had agreed to 
uh, work with us and to um, uh, provide special welcome to golf uh, classes to them. So our advertising campaign, we ended up making about 8 million impressions over the eight-week period, uh, uh, both on TV, a lot of social, some print. We presented golf in a way that it hadn't been presented very you know, uh, much more casually and fun and not intimidating in a, in a true Denver Boulder kind of a way that would appeal to the outdoor younger set there. And so we had some success in activating. We drove, uh, we drove 5,000 people plus to our website, and they, some of them filtered down to the golf courses. Now, we were unable to, um, you know, to measure the kind of bigger impact that we were hoping that a lot of people just didn't seem to get all the way to the golf course. So I'm not sure that they, what we learned was that the advertising itself was not going to be enough. It does not provide enough of a nudge to get those people from the course to the or from the couch to the course. We're going to need to do more. We're going to need to go out and and pull those people into the golf courses to be more proactive in our in our marketing and make it much more course level specific versus overall market specific. So we're going to be evolving. Welcome to golf. This, this right now we're evolving it into rather than being a market by market approach to a course by course approach. And I'm really excited by the the plans that I see being developed by the team here to you know, to accomplish that. And when will that next step take place? You, you know, like do you have a timeline as far as the work that needs to get done in order to take what you've learned and then now take the next action steps? Yeah, over the net, we're working full time on it right now. There are several people working on it full time, and you know we will be in the, the welcome the, the welcome centers, welcome to golf centers will be um, up and up up and operational. We're going to pilot with about a half a dozen facilities next year to show that we can materially move the number at a golf course by directing all of our marketing efforts directly at that golf course and into specific. Welcome to golf classes, et cetera. So we're going to, we plan to be filling seats um, certainly next year, and to be able to demonstrate the you know that it can be done, that it can be done at scale, and we'll, and and then we will develop more of them, and and hopefully develop the kind of a, of information and knowledge and leadership that that other people will want to will want to emulate. Well, I tell you, I think you've done a tremendous job just on the web with the Welcome to Golf um, website. And, uh, you know, I love the slogan there. It starts out with golf because it's fun, golf because it's beautiful, golf because it gives you an excuse to laugh and share a beer with friends. I mean, it's just, it's so succinct and so well put. And, you know, folks, where I'm reading that from is welcome, the number two, and then golf.com, which is the website that the NGF has put together. And and there's a tremendous amount of content there that is all really fun and engaging. And I I think you guys have done a tremendous job with that. But as a PGA professional, I... I think I've learned the same thing in the last 10 to 15 years as well. It's tough to get that um, person off the couch and at the facility because, you know, golf has, you know, a, a lot of stereotypes and things associated with it that aren't fun, which is why, you know, I do this radio show is to let people know that golf is a really fun game. So I love that you say the first line is golf because it's fun. I love the way right. that you all wrote that up and you did a tremendous job with this website. So kudos to you and your team. But, you know, what's interesting, I go to the NGF website and you tell me there's 107 million people 
in 2018 that either played golf on or off the course, they watched it, they listened to it, or read about it in 2018. 107 million people. Um, you know, that's a, that's a really strong number. And when you think that golf is the number one pay-for-play outdoor sport, it makes you think that it should be easier to get them from the couch to the golf course. And what do you think that... Um, is is holding us back in that regard were you able to pinpoint it to maybe one or two special details that kind of hold people back from the couch to the course or is it you have to dig deeper and you need you know another run through a pilot program to try to learn more about that facet of it well our learning is going to be ongoing for sure keith and i'll tell you one of the you know there are perceptual barriers you know to golf to where you know, people don't think that it's golf is for them. You know, and that's where we, I think, had some success in Denver in showing people dressed in non-traditional golf clothing. And, you know, one of our, our golf because anthem, which we use throughout our advertising, was golf because this, golf because that. We, one of them was golf because we need more golfers that don't look like golfers. <laughs> and that was the ad, by the way, that resonated the most with all of our ad testing that we did out there. And so... People just don't know how to take those first steps, or they don't want to take them alone. That's you know that's part of it, and we just need to do a better job of going out there and getting them. I mean, we've got people who want to who want to enjoy the game, and and we have to provide the kind of radical hospitality that 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 breaks down their you know their fears of getting started. You know, it's inertia that's keeping them, that's holding them in their place on the cushion on that couch. It's inertia. It's not. It's not that they don't want to play. Well, I tell you what, we got to go to a break real quick, but I want right. to talk more about radical hospitality. That one, that one piqued my interest right there. You know what, folks? Joe, hold on for about 60 seconds. We'll be right back. Hey, it's 3.15 p.m. here in Princeton. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. We'll be back in a minute. Everybody look what's going. You better stop now. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals, so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Rich in distinguished history for nearly 125 years, Springdale Golf Club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Our impact in the industry does not stop there. Did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn design course, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience. Just announced as a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. 
Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. You're listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. And our little uh, second song of the week here, a little intro for the second segment, is uh, all about the National Golf Foundation getting more people to play golf and doing what they do best, which is taking care of business. Excellent job on the board again there, Mr. Wade Weiser, producer extraordinaire. I love saying that week in and week out. You do your job with tremendous aplomb, my friend, and I appreciate it. Week in. Aplomb? Did you say aplomb? I did, yes. I did. Very nice. Yes. I'm impressed. Uh, well, you know, hey, you know, Holy Cross, uh, I'm a proud crusader, you know, and. Uh, they, they learned you good. They learned you good. They there. learned me good. Yes, they did. And you know what? I can hear them laughing in the background because we're having some fun here. As always, week in and week out on Springdale Golf Live, and we are very fortunate to have Joe Bettitz on the line, who's the president and CEO for over 30 years of the National Golf Foundation. And we're talking golf, growing the game. Game, welcome to golf, new initiatives, being innovative. What's a golfer in 2019? And uh, Joe, welcome back to the show. Um, you having fun today or what? Huh? Absolutely. I like to have fun. I always have fun. Wade, I just got to call you out on this, man. Great music Why, selection. Thank you, sir. I mean, thank it, you, sir. Oh, sir. Some good thinking went into that. I love it. Well, you know what? That's why he's the producer extraordinaire right over there. He's the man on the board. So You know, you say that with a certain degree of aplomb that is really surprising to me. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just here taking care of business for what it's worth, okay? Come on, I just got both songs of the week in one sentence, Wade. You get something for that, for sure. All right, thank you, thank you. And speaking of getting something, right, so I believe that I am in the entertainment business when I either I'm yep. at the club or I'm on the radio. And I think, Joe, I know you and I have spoken, you believe that the golf industry is the entertainment business as well. And when we start to talk about your supporters in that, like, let's say, 18 to 34 age group, that everyone kind of complains, they're like, oh, they're not getting into golf, and they're not the baby boomers or whatever, but what's interesting about this group and what I've learned from your website is that almost as many people play golf on course as do off course. And I, I think that that piece of information, I'd like to talk about that for a second, because according to your data, as many people are on the golf course, 6.1 million in 2018 in that age demographic, as are 4. million that are doing something like Top Golf or Drive Shack or something like that. Where can we take that as far as getting people off the couch? Because they have couches at Top Golf and they're playing. They love the couches at Top Golf and the drinks and the food and the music. You know, it, it provides. I mean, those entertainment facilities, Top Golf, Drive Shack, they they produce the kind of experiences that are very appealing to you know to this younger social set that that you know sometimes are referred to as the millennials and. You're right, Keith. There are six million millennials who who played golf on a golf course, traditional golf course, and you know what? There are almost twelve million who say they're very or somewhat interested in playing the traditional game. Twelve million, almost two for everyone that actually is playing right now. I love that number for sure. That's and the that's the kind of prospects that we have if we're if if we're able and willing to go out there. And, active, and activate even a small percentage of them, 
you know, it can change the it can change the whole the whole nature of the of, of the golf in the golf business. Oh, there's no doubt we're at a pivot point here and we're getting ready to make a little paradigm shift. And I think one of the big things that we haven't touched upon yet, which I want to get to, is that how does technology, how can we use technology? What have you learned about using technology? And let's let's talk specifically about that age range again. How can we use technology to try to engage them? Well, it really is, comes down to, so. I mean, I think it's the number one driver is going to be social media. I mean, there is no doubt that they consume a ton. They, you know, all of us do, but in particularly that it, that demographic consumes a ton of social media, and social media makes plays a very important role in informing them as to what's going on, what's happening, what, what you know, where's the fun, where's the fun tonight or this weekend. We have to do a better job, but we are doing a better and better job, but there's plenty of room for improvement in how we use the social media to not only recruit but engage you know the millennial and other generations and so that's the big thing um, in in terms of the technology. I really think it's the communication technology that's going to help us in the golf business as well as all the other innovators. You know, the innovators who are introducing things like golf boards. Have you seen those? I don't think you have them probably, a, you know, at your host. I don't think your host Springdale probably has them yet. They should think about it. Um, you know, just some fun, some fun things like what's, like the music boxes and the carts, the, 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 the golf boards, et cetera, the scooters. There's some, there's some really cool stuff. Game tracking apps, um, you know, that are out there that are, are being used by, by millions yeah, I, you know, I've been on one of those golf boards before, and I was channeling my inner Tony Hawk. And I tell you, you there was no more fun way to play golf than to have music really? on on a golf board and cruise around the golf course by yourself. Um, you know, you don't have to ride with anyone else in the cart. It's just tons of fun. And um, yeah, I'm glad you brought them up because those things are great. They're great. They're just so yeah. much fun. And you know what, folks? They got to be. For, they got to be though for younger. For younger folks, Keith. I mean, you know, you know the old rule. You know, nobody over fifty, and I am, I am well over fifty. Nobody over fifty should get on a ladder, and I'm not sure about getting on a golf board either. I, I, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but I want to see them. I want to see them out there. I can promise you that. Well, you, you and me both. I want to see them out there as well. And folks, we're here with Joe Bettitz, and Joe's the CEO and president of the National Golf Foundation. And before we wrap up today's show, we certainly have to do our weekly tradition of letting our guests, um, you know, open up a little bit and answer a little rapid fire Q and A, so my audience gets to know him just a little bit better. Joe, you sound like a fun guy, and you'd be up for uh, the challenge of a little uh, Q and A at this moment. So, uh, you ready to go for this or what? I got the Kevlar vest on right here. All right, here we go. Let's have some fun. Favorite golfer all time? Gene Saracen. Would you skydive, yes or no? Absolutely N-O-T. <laughs> if you could win one trophy in sports, what would it be? Claret Jug. What toppings do you put on your pizza? Well, Last week I had a split one with my wife, and we put half and half. On one side, bacon, onion, and garlic. Don't laugh. Try it. On the other side, it was mushrooms, sausage, and black olives. I don't know about the second one, but I'll tell you this much. I never laugh at bacon. All right? Do you have any pets? Me neither. It's not a laughing matter, Keith. Not to me, anyway. No, it's not. Very serious. Do you have any pets? I do not. I did have a cat, Ernie, for about 18 years, but... um, Oh, it broke my heart when I lost Ernie, and um, I can't do it again. 
I, I understand that. Would you rather have dinner with Jacques Cousteau or Neil Armstrong? Neil Armstrong, for sure. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your singing. I like New York in June. How about you? I like a Gershwin tune. Okay, you rate me. That's a seven or eight. Seven or eight. That's pretty good. All right, Wade jumped in there. He, he was, Thanks, Wade. He was moved Thanks, by Wade. you. Thanks, Wade. You're, yep. you're the man. You got Checks it. Checks in the mail. All right, one more. When you hear the letters CEO, who is the first person that comes to mind? I'm not familiar uh, with Jack him. Welch. I don't know why, but honestly, if I just like go blank there, CEO Jack Welch. Jack Welch, ultimate CEO. All right. Yeah. Well, hell, you know what? When I think of CEO and I think of golf, I think of you, Joe. And you did a tremendous job today. Thanks for having fun with us here on Springdale Golf Live. Really appreciate you coming on. Keith, thank you. Wade, thanks a lot. You guys have a have a great weekend. Get out there and uh, play a little golf while we still can this fall. Autumn is golf's best season. Remember that. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Thanks again, Joe. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. All right, folks. There he was. The man behind the metrics of golf. Got to love it. Oh, there's the music. It must be Doug Gottlieb time. Well, before that happens, let's uh, talk about our sponsors and friends here. We got Troon Golf Management, the board and the members of Springdale Golf Club, New Jersey Golf Foundation, and Summit Golf Brands. You know what? I got to thank my producer extraordinaire, Wade Weiser. He's the man. And most importantly, my listeners. You know what, folks? You know where I'm headed. That's back to Springdale. But let the tower be your guide. And from New York to Philadelphia, and of course, everywhere online. May you all have a Springdale day. This has been Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the team next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey.